All right, so we're going to continue the series on Step of Faith. We've been going on it for the past few weeks now. Um, I was told that there's this theme going on of see, step, and shout. So I guess I'm just going to apply it in my message right now. So I'm going to see. Okay, done. Uh, Step. Done. Shout. Ah, we're good. That's out of the way. Okay, we could continue. So we're going to have, I'm not going to throw it because you know me, I'm a little OCD. So um, so we all have this problem of fear, correct? Like it's just something that kind of lurks within our hearts sometimes. Um, so I'm going to give you some examples right now. So the problem of fear is like the, if you define fear, it is the fear of um, the unknown, but it's also anxiety caused by approaching danger. So is that up there? No. That's fine. It's all good, guys. So um, I, didn't, I didn't mark it down, so that's fine. So when we go into fear of, like, the unknown, it's things that we don't expect to happen, but we also have this fear of just, like, the what-ifs and the possibilities and the maybes. We don't know what's going to happen if, like, uh, if we get into a marriage, if we get into um, preaching on a Sunday for the first time ever, uh, this guy. So, like, that to me is a known. Like, I knew that I was going to preach this Sunday, Yikes. <laughs> but it was just one of those situations where I'm just like, you know, but God's given me enough time and the tools to prepare for this moment. And so I can't live in that fear. Um, so because of these unknowns, it makes us live in fear of what we think is coming to where we back out of what we know is coming. So it's just like I could have just stumbled in fear and just kind of let this consume me. But I was just like, you know what? I knew this was coming. We talked about it for how many months? Like, hey, I'm going to be preaching on a Sunday morning. So there's, uh, there's that. So when this happens, where do you go? When you have this fear, what direction do you take? Do you live in that fear? Do you step into it? Or do you say, Lord, this fear is overwhelming my heart. Where do I go? What do I do? So if, if you have this situation, well, Jesus was in a similar situation. When he was going to Jerusalem, He said several times, recorded, documented, that, hey, this is going to happen when I enter this city. And the disciples, but we'll get into that. The disciples were kind of like, so we'll we'll step into that. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll step into this service, okay? So dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here on this Palm Sunday, Lord. Thank you for the many blessings and just the strength and the wisdom that you provide us through the Holy Spirit, God. And I pray that, you know, this message is coming from you and not from me, that this message is prepared for the hearts that are open and willing to receive it. In your name we pray, amen. So today we're going to be uh, focused on Matthew 21, verses 12 through 17. So I'm going to let you guys get that. If you have your Bibles, you can prepare for that. Um, But just going to sum up kind of like what happened beforehand. So this was the triumphal entry. Jesus was coming. He, so he was telling uh, the disciples to go get the donkey, and he was fulfilling a prophecy saying, hey, um, go to the person, say, hey, the Lord is here. The Lord is coming. The Messiah has arrived. So they grabbed the donkey, and then they, uh, they uh, I forget who was the two disciples that went to, I don't even know if it was said, but it was just the two disciples went and got it. They got the donkey, and he came in, okay? So we're going to pick up with uh, 12 through 17, if we have it on the screen. Maybe not. (laughs) Look at that. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who sold and bought them in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money and changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it into a den of robbers. 
as it continues on to say, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. After that it says, But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Ooh, that's a lovely word too. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are, what these are saying? Notice how they say the phrase, What are these saying? They don't even give them the title of people. Yes, have you, heard, have you never read? Out of the mouth of the infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And then lastly, it says, in leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. He kind of just dropped the mic on them, too. It was like he, because like, they were not even going to give the respect to those praising Jesus for his arrival, they're just like, well, who are they praising you? As if they knew best, but you know, that's who they were. So, kind of dropped the mic on there. So, when Jesus came, he arrived instead of running and hiding. So that was kind of the point. He knew what was about to take place. He did not just arrive and then just kind of like found a corner and just like, I'm going to just mosey my way into the city. He actually went in. So they had people that came up and they were just uh, praising him and saying, Hosanna, to, uh, the son of David has arrived. That's what they were saying when he came in. He rode on a donkey. He didn't ride on like a big old chariot like a king did. Am I getting feedback on this? Okay, we're good. Awesome. Good? Awesome. Thank you. So, where was that? So, like, he came in, like, humbly. Like, he never said, here I am, here I am. But he was just, he, he came in, received the praise, because they knew who was here. They knew who had arrived. So, as soon as then he came in, one of the first things he did was he just started flipping tables. He was just like, uh-uh, this is not what my house is all about. No, we come here to praise and worship the Lord, the living God who's here. But they turned it into, what was it called? What did it say? Go back. Den of Thieves, see? It's not a marketplace. We're not trying to buy groceries in God's house. I mean, we provide missions for stuff like um, food pantry, but like they were turning it into like you could buy like jewelry and stuff like that. So in the midst of fear, he did not hide. So for, I'm going to give a backstory real quick. For me, it was when I came to Toledo. So this was something, so I was going through a season in my life, and in the middle of just, so we were talking, I was already in conversation with Roger about coming to Toledo. We both sat there and were just like, it's a yes, but not now. That was more towards the summer. And then... Later on that year, I was in the middle of a situation that was going on, and then it was just God's like, time to call. And I'm like, what? No? And so I just did it, and I was just like, hey, here we go. Um, and he's just like, sweet. He's like, just last week we were talking about you, so, you know, we're going to get this moving and grooving. So we came up, and so I had uh, moved my way up here, and uh, the beginning of the year, but I was scared. I was terrified. I'm just like, I've... I'm moving out of my family's house. I've been living there for 23 years. Not my mom's basement. Hello? Okay, and anybody else? Okay, so just me. So it was, it was that transition out where just God laid it on my heart to say, be ready to be on the move. And I'm like, that's all I need. The fear was gone. So it was that moment of saying yes to him and that moment of just saying, like, look, Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. And so when I follow through with that step, it brought me here. And so what did I do in those moments? I prayed. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for months. I was so nervous. I was freaking out because I'm just like, 
I don't really know a whole lot of people here. Like, everything I feel like, but at the same time, I just, I knew it was where God wanted me to go. He settled that in my heart. And I had to come to the realization of who, who God made me to be and someone to be just kind of going out and pouring out to people. It wasn't just um, for a specific location. It was for me to just connect with people. God instilled that in my heart to know that I could connect with any kind of person. So it was just, it was peaceful and within my heart to know that God had said to me, like, just be ready to be on the move. And just kind of, just, for some reason, that just gave me so much peace in that moment. So it, it just, it settled in my heart. So the problem number one to probably save is this, was that Jesus faced the people or the public. So he was facing the criticisms of the people. Um, basically, not, not that there was not a crowd that was welcoming, but there's also going to be some pushback at times too. The second one is going to be he was facing friends. So if we go into um, Matthew 16, verses 22, should be on the screen right here. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. In verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on the things of man. Ooh. That, that was like his best buddy. That was like his right-hand man right there. And he was just like, who are you to tell me where I'm to go and what I'm to do? And so... Why, the thing is, why did Jesus respond to Peter in this way? Well, for one, Peter didn't understand what was going on. Like, yeah, he kept, Jesus kept saying, like, yeah, I'm going to go to this city and be crucified. But he's just like, far be it from you. Why would that happen to you? I've seen the miracles you've performed. I know what you can do. Why is this going to happen to you? I don't get it. But Jesus knew his purpose. The thing is, Jesus knew his purpose, but so did Satan. Satan knew why he had come to earth. And so, you got to put it in perspective, like when that temptation of Jesus happened, it was, the Lord, the Lord was already about to be on the move. It was just like, he said, yes, Lord, it's time. Let's do it. And then Satan was right there to meet him. After, at his weakest moment, he was, after fasting for 40 days, and not getting a whole lot of sleep. How many of us get a little cranky after like one night? No, yeah, see? <laughs> see? I see you, Gloria. Yeah, I know you do, Nate. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, there's some of us that have that, but his was 40 days. Imagine that, over a month. That's insane. So, at his weakest moment, he was hungry and he was tired. But guess what? He was still faithful. He was still looking to God in those moments. And the thing is, the enemy was trying to quote scripture at him, but he had it right back. It was not just a one, like, oh, okay, I'm going to take the, no. Jesus fought back in those moments. Even when he was at his quote-unquote weakest, because he was fully man and was fully God, which is, it's just, it's mind-boggling to think of it that way. But the thing is, when Jesus says to Peter, he's really saying it to Satan. When he's saying, get behind me, Satan, because the thing is, Satan is the author of fear and confusion. He is going to say and do whatever he can, put a little bit of that whisper in your ear to say, like, that's not, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. So when he's, when he's seeing that in that moment, he's seeing, he's seeing man say that, Satan say that, to say, you shouldn't go through with that. How many times does the enemy do that to us? Where we know God has called us to do something, but then there's that whisper of fear of moving forward and taking that right step, 
moving forward. And we, we can't live in that because then we stay stuck. We don't want to stay stuck in that kind of situation. It's not like Jesus was just like, when he heard that from his best buddy, he was like, you know what? You're right. I know what's about to happen. I don't got to go through with it. You're right. Let's just, let's just go someplace else. Let's hang out someplace else. He never said you were right. He never continued to go down that path. But he took the necessary steps forward, not allowing anyone to get in his way. Not even his best buddy. So the point that I want to say right now is when you stop short of fear, you miss out on how far your faith in God's plan could take you. You don't want to stay stuck because God has this end goal for you. We always see the short term of what we see in the moment. So I have this illustration in my head of just like you have this. It can go any way, any direction. It's still there. It's so I can't just walk away and just like, it's still going to follow me. This fear of whatever it is, it's going to still follow me wherever I go. Whether it's above me, hovering around, if it's in my face. Because sometimes there's situations where we face that too, where it's right in our face. But God sees around it as well. God can just kind of like take it out of your hands. Because we all know that God can work behind the scenes. He sees it all. Even the things that like there's... There's so many times where like, we go through situations and we don't even notice it and it's right in our face. But the Lord sees it and he's just like, let me take care of it. What are you so scared about? Like, I've, there was one time where he, I was, <laughs> I went to the back during a Sunday uh, service. It was probably, I think it was the night after worship night, which was amazing. We need to do that again. It was so good. So we went, it was the night after worship night and I just felt a need to go back to um, go to the back of the sanctuary. And I just felt the need to fall to my knees. And as soon as I did, he's just like, why do you worry so much? And I'm like, uh, because, I, I don't know, you made me. <laughs> but, but it was the situation where, yeah, right? It was like, ooh. <laughs> but God doesn't instill fear. Come on now. Like, he didn't instill that fear in me. He's like, why do you worry so much? And I'm just like, okay, God, well, what do you want me to do? And God said, it's time for you to use the gifts I've given you. And I'm like, what does that look like then? <laughs> and so he's just like, enough for now, now go. And when I heard those words, I'm like, I've heard that before. It was like bells ringing in my head. I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. So I just looked it up, and it was just like, I'm always concerned with speaking. And so when I heard now go, it took me to Exodus, where God had said to Moses, now go, and I will take care of the words to speak. Because he provided Aaron. Now, I don't think he's going to provide me Aaron. I don't stutter, but I have this issue of just like public this. This is something that kind of freaks me out a little bit, okay? Because just knowing who my heart, what my heart is, it's just, it's one of those situations. So, you know, we don't got to get into all that right now. Um, but the thing is, as I said yes to coming up here to go back to that story, I said yes to the Lord because I knew he had placed Because I guess you could call me a spiritual baby because I really said yes to the Lord back in 2019. It's just I said yes in that moment. And ever since 2019, I've been on a roller coaster ride, and it's been pretty good. It's, it's been heartbreaking at times, but the thing is, it's been so relieving to know that when I said yes and I kept saying yes in these moments 
it wasn't just, it was a consistent yes. It wasn't just one time, and I'm just like, it's, Lord, I know that you promised something for me. Lord, I know you put me in this situation. So when I came up here, my biggest fear was, am I going to make any connections? Am I going to make any friends? Am I going to do, am I doing what you want me to do? Like, these were my thoughts and my fears and just things that were starting to get to my, get my heart. And I was just, I didn't want that to be the case. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it didn't take until recently until for me to see that everything I was worried about, I was completely dead set wrong on. And it was just, it, it was, mm. one of the things I told Roger before I came up here was, he's like, is there anything I could pray over you for you? Just before you come up here, I said, growth. I said, I want to grow. That's the one thing that I just felt later in my heart is to grow in whatever that was. I didn't know what that looked like. It was just a word that just came into my heart. And so we prayed over that. And ever since that, I've seen that. It didn't take for me in this whole process of the past four months to be like, oh, I'm growing, I'm growing. It just, I've grown. Excuse me. And as I've went into different events, I've been able to make, so like my first connections really was coming from PK retreat. When I went there, I was making connections there. And then I went to uh, area meetings and made connections there. It, it, was, it was how God was lining things up for me to just know that like I have nothing to worry about. I didn't see it in the moment. I'm just like, I, I want that, you know, like BFF kind of thing going on. But the thing is, I had what I needed for the moment, and I have that now, and I'm so grateful that God has placed people in my life for me to, to, to encourage me to keep moving forward, to keep taking that step of faith. And then God gave me this vision that it's, it's exciting. Um, yeah, I guess I could speak on it. This uni, unifying group of this unifying uh, of the youth group and just churches in general, and it's just... It's, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it after service. It's really exciting. It's really cool, and I'm so excited. It just, it just moving forward, it's good. So how did I apply? It's just knowing that God brought me here because it, it was the thing is, like, not everything's easy when you transition, but you know it's God's hand when it feels right. So I, I was first, the reason why my minor was criminology was because I started out in criminal justice. And I was just going through like two, three years. I was already almost done with graduating. And I'm like, I'm not happy where I'm at. I don't, like, I don't feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And so it was in that moment where I was just like, I need to know, God, I need to know where you want me to go. <laughs> and so as soon as I went into communication, I felt right at home. It was that moment where I was just like, okay, this feels right. And so when I came up here, everything just settled. Like, everything I had fears and stresses and anxiety over, God just kind of moved that out of my heart because he provided the people. It's, it's, I think back to, like, Elijah when he was crying out, saying, like, Lord, I feel alone. I want to die because, like, everybody's after me. And everyone wants to kill me. Like, oh, my goodness, Lord, what's going on? And then God's like, he sent an angel, gave him some food, let him rest. And then guess what? He said, hey. Go back to this city, go to this city, and go to these people. Make these connections. And God put him in that place. And so Elijah's like, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And he made those connections. 
that's what happened when I was moving up here was the fact that I, go to this meeting, go up to that person, talk to them. And so it, it built those relationships. So I realized I was wrong to the fears I had with moving up here, especially since I knew, since I, after I saw how faithful God was in this situation. So the third thing I want to point out was, uh, so the second one was facing friends. So he, Peter had to, uh, Jesus had to face Peter of like, hey, I'm going to kind of challenge you on that. But Jesus was just like, you're not my boss. <laughs> you know, you're not the one who planned this out. Like this was prophesied for me to come and go forward with this. And so the third thing was he had to face God. So finally we're going to go into uh, Matthew 26, verses 36. So then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. I can never say the name, but to the garden. It's right there. And he said to the, his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking him, and ta taking him with Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther... He fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter the temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep, take your rest later on. And the hour, see the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And then finally in the 46th verse, Rise, let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. We all know who he's talking about, right? Yes. Judas. In case we didn't know. It's Judas. <laughs> so he, he went through that. And so when, when the day came, that was when Jesus was starting to be like, okay, it's coming. Today, it's here. I'm preaching. But the thing is, I have to go through with it anyways. <laughs> or I could just cower and just walk out the door and be like, you know, you know, you guys got a message prepared, right? You guys are all set? Okay, have a good day. No. Jesus knew that the day had come. And he was scared. In Luke 20, 22, verse 43, he, it said that, um, no, it was uh, Luke 22, uh, verse, I want to say it was 14 is when it's 44. Okay, it was the verse after that. My apologies. So 22, verse 44 is when, uh, it was recorded that Jesus was sweating blood. That's how nervous he was. It, was. it was very scary for him to say, like, look, he was fully God, but he's also fully man. So the thing is, but Jesus was continuing to walk by, let's see, he was walking by fear, not by faith, right? That's how the verse goes, right? No, that's not how it goes. We walk by faith, not by yeah. So when he was presented with this situation, he was 
he took that step of faith, continuing to go down, even though within his heart he knew it was coming. He knew just around the quarter, Judas and those, uh, those soldiers were coming around to get him. But he kept praying, not once, not twice, but three times. He went privately to speak with the Father, to say, like, Lord, I am in this. But the thing is, I'm scared, I'm nervous, but if it's in your will, then it will be done. Going back to the Lord's Prayer, saying, may your will be done, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. He was living that out. So, he, he wanted to continue to not follow through with what, because he was probably reflecting on what Peter said, of just like, hey, you don't, you, don't, you don't really have to go through with this. You really don't. And that temptation was probably there, just like, look, I don't want to continue because I knew that I'm, I know that I'm about to be beaten. I know that I'm going to be hurt. And we as humans don't want to go through that situation. Or we know a situation is about to happen, and we're just like, I want to avoid that at all costs. I don't want the emotional hurt, the mental hurt, the heartbreak that could come from that. But God was with him through every step of the way. And when that happened in Luke 40, and this is in Luke 22, 43, that's when an angel had came and kind of comforted him and gave him that strength to continue to go through. So, when, isn't it kind of ironic and kind of funny that Jesus, when he was going through the time of prayer, uh, it goes back to the boat situation. <laughs> We're like, hey, make sure that I'm telling you what's on my heart. I'm sweating blood right now and I'm scared because I'm afraid of death right now. And all the disciples were just like, cool. They took a nap. They wanted to fall asleep. It kind of goes back to the boat where just like Jesus was sleeping in the boat. It's like they were trying to get back at him for that. Like they were just, um, or just like, what are you doing? And he's like, you have such little faith. Remember when he said that to the disciples of just like when the waves were going all over the place. But yet even the thing is, <laughs> even though he told them their emotions, he, they still fell asleep. And those were supposed to be his supporters. would be like, hey, just continue to pray over me. He was wanting the support of his friends, but he also relied on God to provide him the strength. And not, he, he went, he said, hey, pray over me, but I'm going to pray to the one who can handle this situation. To settle my fears, to settle my heart. So to continue to go back into this uh, personal story of mine, it was just, now that I'm here in this moment, reflecting from back in like August to here in April, my biggest fears have now come to pass <laughs> because I was afraid of moving forward. And now God's continuing to put me in the right place and continuing to, as I'm saying yes continually, it's not just um, towards, um, mm, Lord, I forgot that. I forget. It's there. Anyway, so I just had to learn on, uh, there's one thing that I had to kind of keep my mind on was my, to set my sights on things above, to have that verse just continuing to play in my mind because it was just, look, Lord, I know that you brought me to Toledo for a reason. I don't know how long the season's going to be, but I know that you brought me here. And so I had, to, I had to lean on him, but the thing is, going back to what I was saying about Elijah, God provided me spiritual figures in my time during here. Pastor Ethan and Pastor Roger both have been very uh, helping me guide towards 
uh, what God has for me. And not just like, look, it's fine that you have these fears in your heart, but the thing is, if God has called you to this, then you need to keep moving forward. And that was the thing that, it's funny that this was the message I was given, considering the fact that that's the advice that they kept giving me, was just keep moving forward. Keep Jesus at the center of it all, and just keep moving forward. So we only have the short term of what we see, to, what is coming, but God knows it to the very end. So we got to just keep moving forward with that. And so to kind of help wrap it all up, uh, Jesus was able to overcome the world. In, verse, uh, in John 16, 33, um, when he was tempted by the enemy. So we have that, we have someone who came to earth knowing he was going to eventually be crucified, and he moved forward anyway. Let that sink in for a little bit. He knew what was coming the entire time. This was planned out prophesied over and he still came and he still suffered but we can we can pray yeah we can we can come here and just say yeah we were thankful for god for doing this but the thing is mm, mm, He, t- he was committed. Jesus was committed to show his love for each and every one of you. He said, I know your name, your name, your name, your name. I have this planned out far in advance. I know the hairs on your head. And he, he moved forward anyways because the promise was made. And, you know, he, how, if God is known to keep his promises... He, he didn't back out. He did not back out. He knew what was coming. So because the standard was already set in place that Jesus was coming, the Messiah was coming, he lived to that expectation. So the thing is, we can, we can have that, mm, we, can have, we can have that excitement and joy to know that Jesus, this was prophesied throughout time that he was going to come and save us. And yet we still have these moments where we live in fear, as if he's not been faithful before, because that's what Jesus had spoken to me when I was sitting in the back. Because he's like, haven't I delivered you from things? There are things that I've delivered you from that you're not even aware of. He kind of called me out on that moment. I was just like, ooh, (laughs) sorry, Lord. And so it was just, it was that moving forward that it just, it just, mm. so in that moving forward, he was stepping by faith and not by sight. That was, again, from 2 Corinthians. Um, So, I'm going to give another biblical story real quick. It was the story of Daniel. So he was not one time, not two times, but three times he went through different kings. Okay? He went through different rulers. But the thing is, and it, took the th- uh, it took the one king to be... Um, it took both kings to see that he was uh, gifted with visions and interpreting dreams. And it's kind of funny that the fact that these people excuse me, lose their credibility by saying, um, this has not been done before. Nobody's interpreted dreams. Uh, Joseph, do we not remember that? <laughs> and so Daniel, when he was going through that, it took the third king, Darius, to see that, um, mm, 
to be thrown into the lion's den. And the thing is, and Darius was even kind of like, I'm praying that your God comes through with this. He was scared. He, didn't even, he wasn't even able to sleep because of it. And Daniel's just like, oh, I'm fine, guys. Like, I'm here. Like, he's like, are you there? Are you there? He's just like, yeah, I'm here. Because he wasn't focused on the lions in front of him. The fear that was right in front of him. Literally, death could have killed him right in that moment. But he looked at God above who can see it all. He looked at God above who can heal him and protect him from those, from those lions. So these characters in the Bible, they focused, uh, did they have every right to be afraid? Yeah, Jesus had every right to be afraid. I mean, how many of us would want, would want to go through the same thing that he did? It, it's terrible. I mean, Passion of the Christ probably does a pretty good job with showing you what, what took place. I don't think any of us want to go through that. The thing is, faith is a focus, it's not a feeling. It, it's, it's kind of a cheesy line, but the thing is, it's, it takes your faith in God to know that, you know, even though in the midst of your feelings, in the midst of your fear, God is still present in those situations. So that you need to understand, so there's, it's kind of funny to know that the, how many times do we hear fear not in the Bible? 365 times. 365 times. That's a daily reminder to not live in fear. The Lord, like, when, he's, when the, the angels are arriving to tell people, like, fear not, fear not. It's 365 times every single day we are told to not live in fear. So when you're going to face the crowd, when you're going to face even your friends or your family in these situations, because I have the support, but the thing is there are situations where we all go through personally in our lives where we might not get that same support. Whatever decision might come, because I'll be honest, when I was talking to uh, my family about this at first, they're just like, because it was when Roger and I were first talking about it, they're like, it's not time yet. They're like, I, I don't think you're ready. And I'm just like, but I think I'm ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> if I would have come up around that time last year, it would have not turned out to be where it is today. I, I, I already know that for a fact. And I'm thankful for God for bringing me at this time yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful for God bringing me at that time. So I, I want to end it with this. Focus on what God has called you to, not the fear that and the enemy tries to consume you with. So the enemy is, again, the author of fear and confusion. He's going to try to push your buttons. He knows you too. He knows what gets you going, like what gets you to be living in fear. Like, if it's not one thing, if he's not going to try to get you in sin, he's going to try to distract you in some way, shape, or form. And if it's if you're like, look, I'm not engulfed in that sin, but the Lord's, but uh, the enemy is just like, but I know that there's something that you're afraid of, and I'm going to get you there. So that's why we need to continue to study, continue to meditate, continue to pray, and find that time with the Lord to be like, look, I'm not going to let this consume me. There was a time where I had to just, there was a season where I was just praying, 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 praying. I was at the church for like two and a half hours because I'm like, Lord, there is nothing in the way, okay? I'm going to have you and you alone. So the question I want to have for you guys as we wrap this up is what steps of faith do you need to take in your life to fulfill the plan God has for you? Each of us have our own little testimony of what God is doing in our lives. Whether it's a relationship, 
whether it's, that could be in marriage, dating, friends. It can be, um, you know, maybe if you're a parent and there's a situation in your family that, you know, it's just, are you afraid to reach out? Are they afraid to reach out? Maybe you need to be the one, you're like, I'm not afraid, but so I'm going to move forward. Maybe they're just been afraid to reach out. You don't know what the situation, I don't know what the situation is, but let God lay that on your heart and take the steps right, okay? So I'm going to end this in prayer, and I'm going to have, invite Roger back up here. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your message. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your promises. Lord, thank you for being a comfort within our hearts. Thank you for just being the ultimate provider of peace and joy, whatever the situation looks like. Lord, we are thankful for that you are living and you are alive and you are present. Because when you said, Lord, it is finished, it was just getting started. It was just getting started, Lord. And you were just ready to just come out and welcome us with open arms. And Lord, we thank you for that. Be with us as we go about our week. Be with us as we go about whatever situation or season that we're in. Lord, open our hearts to knowing what that season is and what direction we need to take with you in it and you at the center of those choices. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.